I'm glad you guys are taking the time to do this. Uh, oh, yeah. Thanks for writing that sick article about us. Yeah, that article is dope. You know, like every now and then bands come up, pop up on my radar one way or another. Usually it's like press releases or someone will you know, tip me off, but it is like super rare. Like the whole TikTok verse has been a whole new thing for me over the past like you know year or so and my wife was just like you know all about it you know so she's you know she's a scientist so she works her brain all day that like in the evening she's just like TikTok just like just nice to know now totally so i was i was on one night and just happened to stumble upon one of your live sets and i was just like this is fucking great like okay. i love this like the interaction that you you had uh with just the people watching and stuff and then uh generally i'm interviewing art bands or artists who have been at this for a while you know so i have like some history like i know nothing about you guys so this is exciting because i couldn't even yeah. plan for it i was like a lot How of do people I prep- don't know anything about us so <laughs> i loved that your handle was you were sad so you formed a band yeah, we were tired of being sad, so we started a band. Yep. So is, is that is that how it how it started? Yeah. So I met Zach only again like within the last year. I was actually his barista for six months before we even said anything to each other. Like I recognized him. He came in every morning, got his coffee. That was pretty much it. And I I think we started talking because I got in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And my car was totaled, and everyone at the coffee shop knew my car because it was like a red fit covered in stickers he's like what happened to your Honda fit and then we started talking and then we found out we were both musicians and at the time I was doing cover sets at restaurants just to like do something musically recording some of my own solo work with a friend that wasn't really taking off or doing much I didn't really feel like I was fulfilled creative creatively so I invited Zach to come to one of my cover sets and he came and then ever since then, he was like, you have to come over and write a song. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really know you. I don't really want to do like I have had so many people be like, come like, come over and record, you know, and like not actually want to record. So as like a woman in music, I was like, I'm good. Like, I'm OK. I've had a lot of bad interactions with people before that say that. But after building like a cool relationship with Zach at the coffee shop and, you know, finally feeling like, all right, I'll go try it out. I went over and we wrote CYU like the first night that I was there. And I was like, what is happening? I've never been able to write music with someone like this. I've never really felt comfortable to like sit down and write an entire song one night. And it just happened. And then we tried again and we wrote frog songs. So. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you guys been at this now for, you said about a year, you said? A year yeah. coming in December. So I guess only like two <clears throat> months, but we've put out this was like a covid kind of uh at the end post-covid things had been opening up at least in arizona i'm sure it's a little different on the east coast arizona had been kind of slowly coming back so i I was yeah i would i would say it was probably post-covid because we definitely started or like you came in while we were still wearing masks because i knew for like six seven months but we didn't start putting things out and yeah. really taking it seriously till January of this year. Yeah, that's true. Our first song we yeah. put out was in January and yeah. yeah. So about a year. Yeah. So whose idea was it to take this to TikTok? That kind of just happened. Yeah, I didn't really, 
I had a TikTok. I didn't really post or use it until we started the band. And once this is, it was on Spotify is when I really started pushing for TikTok. And I really just started studying TikTok and other artists and seeing what they did and doing trends and figuring things out. And once I got to a thousand followers, I didn't even know that you could go live. So we started just kind of going live acoustically, nothing really set up, no cool lights. And we would do live streams for an hour with 10 people in there. But for us, we're like, hell yeah, this is 10 people that can hear our music. And we only had probably two, three, four songs on Spotify, but it was fun. And we still have like those core people are still in our live streams today, which is cool. And they're still like friends of ours on the internet, which is fun. But that just, forget what day it was. One night, it all of a sudden went from like 10 people to 50 to 100 to 200 and we hit 1000 people and we were just like what the fuck is happening but i think that's when we switched the audio yeah well i i mean obviously i've been writing and recording songs for a while so i was trying to figure out how to get a good sound on on the phone like through our mix like i mean we can get a good sound in a recording all day or like in a live sound but like getting that sound into the phone was like the most challenging thing but i saw that that's what a lot of people that were doing better on the app, not better, but more popular. It's their sound quality, their video quality, their content. So it's like, okay, how can we sound better? And I was at Target and I bought just like a $50 video making kit thing that had like a stand and it came with this little Yeah, dude, we'll show you. It's so stupid. It is so dumb how we get this And I I brought it to Zach and I was like, look, I bought this. We can use it for content. And he's like, oh, well, this is interesting. This has this cable that I can plug into the dongle and plug directly into the board. And people think that we have like this super elaborate, expensive setup when really it's this shitty mic from Target put into headphones. Yeah, so we just so we're just we'll take like uh, headphones like this. So janky. So these are just like your Sennheiser HD Pros are like ninety nine dollars, and then we'll just take uh, the the microphone that she was talking about. The scrunchie about. is important too. It's just it's, it's like a little, little yeah. plastic mic, and then it just does this. So this in is like headphones. in the headphones. That's our secret. Don't tell mm-hmm. anyone. But that, uh, uh, yeah, I'll be sure to edit this out. But no, uh, no, you're <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I posted on TikTok um, and people are still like, I don't get it. And it's like, we don't get it either. So like from the time I started playing music in the 80s coming up to now, it's like there's been so many different, you know, like the technology and things have yeah. changed in the way to like present music, you know, and one of the things I I have to say, like you said, like what I loved about Proper Pet was that when I came across you guys, the first thing that hit me was that the sound, like I was like, okay, it sounds really good. Like I can listen to this. This is like, the quality is good. It's not like a cell phone mic, you know, and it's yeah. distorted and stuff. And the other thing too, is, is that the quality of the songs to me kind of, you know, uh, I've got such a broad taste in music that everything I heard from you guys seems to cover like a lot of different ground, you know, like, I mean, that's the goal <laughs> folk kind of sounding stuff, you know, and then you had the kind of, you know, almost kind of like the nineties era pop rock kind of stuff, you know, that, you know, which I grew up loving. And then, and then all of a sudden you'll go into like some really cool, like EDM, you know, kind of stuff. So what kind of motivated you guys to not stick to just one thing? Yeah, I always go back to the genre is dead. <laughs> the, the genre being like you just said it, you like everything, you know, you like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. 
we didn't want to limit ourselves to just one genre because it's dead. Especially Zach and I are both very multifaceted artists and musicians. So it's fun for us to do all these different styles. Like it would be hard to pick just one. Like I don't want to do just one thing when we can do all of it. Like why as well just do what makes us happy and make all this music that we enjoy. People seem to enjoy it too. So I think just starting like going back to that is like, what do we want to write? What do we want to create? Oh, let's do, let's do that. You want to make a dance remix? Let's do that. You want to write a Robert Planty song? Let's do that. You know, it's just like our, as a, as a creative, I think your mood changes and affects your art as well. So it just depends on the day. Like, what do you feel like making today? Oh, cool. I mean, there's something cool to be said too, about, about having that kind of uh, versatility and variety because, you know, it also, I guess it, also in a live situation too, like you can kind of be a chameleon of sorts. So right. decide, depending on what kind of show or what totally. kind of band you're playing with, you can kind of go, okay, we're going to lean a little harder on acoustic the, you know, yeah. EDM yeah. stuff or a little more on the guitar sounding, the guitar yeah. heavy stuff or whatever, you know? Exactly. So tell me about your live shows. You guys just had like your first, was this your first few live shows or uh, no, we've been doing it for a few months now mm-hmm. um, we did a couple shows it was just me and abigail oh i think yeah. my tiktok live sorry no. you mean in person <laughs> yeah yeah Real shows we've been playing like two to three gigs a month since february yeah. we started playing shows in february yeah. and um what's amazing is we haven't had to do any of our own booking all of the shows have been asked which is insane People always ask me, like, how are you booking all these shows? I'm like, I don't know. It's just the internet. Instagram is a great place for that, too. We've met artists through TikTok that are like, we want to play shows with you. Can you play this show? Um, we've mostly been playing locally in Phoenix and Tempe, but we're driving to Kingman tomorrow, mm-hmm. which is Zach's hometown, like 45 minutes outside of Vegas. And then we booked a show, a house show in L.A. next month. So we're slowly starting to do like mini like little trips here and there. Um, but, you know day jobs and everything can't can't jump in head first just yet but it's coming this is abigail's first band this is my well i've been backup vocals in oh, okay. and i've been asked to go on tour but i didn't go on tour i went to school for uh music performance and didn't finish so i kind of grew up in a more classical household and more strict and yeah I love, I've like, ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to be in a band. Like, even though I was classically trained, I was like, I want to be in a band. Yeah. And so this is my first like band, but he's toured. Yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been in a band since I was like 14 <clears throat> and touring with a lot of bands. I grew up playing in church. I've always written songs. So I know like the right way to do it. I know the wrong way to do it. I knew the things I wanted to eliminate, like paying $15,000 to go record an album at a studio and like, mm-hmm. So like now we're doing it, you know, I learned production. I, we do it all in our bedroom. Uh, we record everything, all the instruments. We write everything. So that means we can like write a song and then release it the same day on YouTube, you know, right. which we've done like handfuls of times. But ultimately it's just like, it's really just building that credibility through good production, good songwriting and like good content. And then people are just going to fall in line if they're into the music, you know what I mean? music just seems to be very uh cyclical you know like the whole like you, you know th- there's you, you know revolutions what comes around goes around you know and like you know i've i've been around long enough now where i'm like i said i'm already starting to kind of see some of the music that i grew up with kind of like what i was describing oh. to you with the 90s and stuff 
is that I'm starting to see bands like you guys and uh, Lunar Vacation from Atlanta mm-hmm. and Soccer Mommy and things like oh, that, yeah. you know, where like, you know, it's not retro. I mean, kind but nostalgic. Yeah, it, it, nostalgic. That's actually the better word for it because yeah. so, you know, there's something about like for me when I hear like younger artists and new artists that have that sound that I'm like, okay, that's sincere. Mm-hmm. You know, like I love that. So, where does your influences come from? Do they go that far back? Yeah, dude, I'm influenced by everything. I and when it comes to like musical styling, like you said, I like it all. Uh, mm-hmm. I like everything from metal to you know church hymns, mm-hmm. and everything in between. Country, like we want to do a full country album. We want to do a full EDM album. Uh, I'm inspired by everything. My dad was the lead singer in an '80s, or he is in an '80s cover band. So I grew up listening to like Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, but also I had older brothers where I was listening to Radiohead, Neutral Milk Hotel. Um, I've always had uh, an acquired music taste, I guess, for being a young, like a girl in middle school. I listened to very different emotional stuff. Uh, But I also have that musical theater background. So I think fusing that all, like just all of it together, right? It's a weird eclectic myth. For me, it's like I grew up playing music and was taught all the theory. And then when I was 14, I ditched all that theory and toured with a metal band and just, you know, like music theories in my head, but I like to break the rules. So yeah. I know that comes off a lot too with like our chord structures, our feels. Um, but stylistically, like I said, the genre is dead. I want to hit everything that I like. And mm-hmm. we're not going to be limited to one genre until like we just write like a full like country folk album. And then mm-hmm. at that point, then, then we're going to be. But even then, what's cool about that, though, is that you still aren't going to have to be tied to like right. a you certain style of music. Like, you know, you can put out, you know, I don't know, like, um, are you guys familiar with uh, Emma Ruth Rundle? Do you know? Are you familiar with her? She's an incredible uh, singer songwriter. Um, uh, but she has done like you know she'll put out like a, a dark folk record, but then turn around and put out like Ooh. a noise album. Oh, that's and awesome! Then, and then she just actually put out another album where it's like just her on the guitar, like just like mm. making wow. sounds, you know. And I was like, so I love that. That's something that you guys embody, where you're like not tied down. Yeah. To just doing a style. Um, right. Well, so tell me about the songwriting process for you guys, because again, like the strong suit for you guys to me is the music, obviously. And the songs are incredibly strong. So like, what is the creative process? It's different every song, but I will say it's always Zach and I hashing it out, putting ideas and kind of like this quick back and forth. When Abigail first started writing with me, I had I had just recently written an album with my roommate. I'm also the type of guy where like, for like the last couple of songs we've released, I'll record like 17 song ideas, like in a week long period, um, just structurally, like either guitar chords, piano chords, drum fill. I have, since I've worked with Abigail, I have about 400 gigabytes worth of music that I've worked with just with her. Well, sometimes I come to you with a melody yeah. and then I'll, or we'll write it in the moment together. Yeah. It's mm. just, everyone is different. So why go with the decision to put the songs out individually? That's more so for like the, the algorithm sense, mm-hmm. um, not for any other reason than we are going to have albums, uh, but just for like getting our feet wet and getting people to find us. Singles were, were the way to do it. Because like, you know, for us, like when we first started writing, 
it's like, do we release this one song or do we wait a full year until we have an album's worth of songs? Because we could have not released our first song in January and now release an album today. And no one would know us. And they you know what I mean? The, album. the way that people also consume music now is completely different, especially with streaming, is that it, it's, it's immediate... Uh, it's immediate satisfaction, you know, for not just the artists, like, cause I'm, I, I've totally seen the benefit to putting out one song, you know, at a time or whatever versus an album. Like I'm the album I'm working on right now is going to come out as an album, but in between somewhere, I'm going to put out like a couple of songs. You have to, to keep the momentum going. Right. The, the average attention span for an album, especially for streaming from what I've seen as far as like algorithms and things like that is that, you know, people usually go three to four songs. Your first three songs are going to be your most played songs. And then it's going to gradually become less because people are after four songs they are like, okay, yeah, I like this, but I want to go here, you know? Right. Cause our attention span is so short these days too. So unless they're really invested in the artist and they're really looking forward to, Oh, I can't wait to dive into this album. Yeah. Then yeah, they're going to check out after a few songs. So I think that's part of it too, is we want to build a, a connection with people that are listening to our music mm-hmm. so that when we do put out albums, they're invested and they will listen all the way through or at least halfway through. Now, speaking of like, have you guys had any kind of interest uh, from uh, record labels, producers, anybody like that since? Yeah, we've had a lot of people reach out to us. I think we want to keep it as in-house as possible until we need like distribution services. I've been in bed with those guys before and I don't like it. So I don't want to lay down with them again. Abigail, even though you've never been in a band before, you've, you've been around music enough to know at this point, like what's a good move what's not a great move like yeah. what is what's realistic and what's kind of like almost an impossible pipe dream or whatever because yeah. you know one of the things i've learned also is in my years of playing music is that it's it's never wrong to dream big regardless but to dream realistically big you know what i mean like you know it's not like it used to be back in the 80s where like you know when i was a kid i was like you know I want to play arenas and ride in limos and have tons of groupies where like all of a sudden my success was like, I want to play to a hundred people that actually like my music and you know, this, that, and the other. So would you say that with proper pet, this is more of a realistic kind of like journey for you guys artistically? Realistic in the sense where we're writing badass songs, but like our goals are unrealistic for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we, we can create our reality and we have so far, yeah. but our goals are not realistic. No. <laughs> We're going to dream huge and then anything that happens is great. You know, yeah. all of, everything that's happened up until now is like blown my mind. Like when we started this project, if you told me 10 months ago, we would have been on the radio like four weeks in a row with our local radio station. I would have cried because that's, that to me is huge. And that is like a huge accomplishment already. So I don't know. All of it is fun but of course we dream big but i feel like every day is like hell yeah we're doing it we're doing what we want to be doing and that's that's the coolest part i think some people also especially uh, artists and musicians or whatever can sometimes lose sight of where they're at because they're focusing too far ahead you know that you're kind of missing that that area where it's important which is the now because if what you're doing isn't great now then, you know, what you're looking for in the future isn't necessarily going to happen possibly because you haven't put that 
heart and soul and that work into it, you know? And um, it, like I said, like after stumbling upon you guys on TikTok, the songs definitely spoke to me and everything, but there's also a visual element to proper pet in the sense that, you know, you kind of, you know, it's fun. You're tucked away in the background and kind of popping in and looking every now and then, and you're up front, and, you know, doing your moves and stuff. And it's a very natural thing though. So taking that to the stage, um, now that you guys are playing, you know, more frequently, are you Are you hoping to incorporate more of that visual element into your shows? Or are you more like, want to just let the music do the talking? Oh, I if know. I could, I would have confetti cannons, you know, we're proper pet. I want it to be a party. Like my vision is like a proper pet party, like our energy in the live stream in a room where everyone can just be themselves, dance, stand in the corner if you want. But I feel like the energy of music in person, I want to capture like the energy of the live stream. Still keep it about the music, obviously, but still feel like I personally dance in our um, in our shows in person too. So I'm all over the stage. The last one I got to run around, which was so fun. And I just want to encourage people to be able to let go and have fun too. That's the proper pet way. So we definitely have, I mean, I've been scheming in the future for cool shows, but still about things. That's what I love too, is because your energy on the streams comes across in such a good way that I was, you know, I mean, I've been like, you know, okay, you know, these these kids need to get to Atlanta. Like, I need to see this. Yeah, that's the thing is, proper pet. It, it is about the music, but it's also about like it's starting to become a community. Like we've been calling people our pets or people call us their pets. And um, it's kind of this place where oddballs come together and everyone is so unique and different, but we celebrate that in each other. And it's starting to happen at our shows too. People that have come a few times come back and all meet each other and now they're friends. And it's, it's, it's that community aspect that I didn't expect, but is a huge part of it as well. The other thing I've also learned with TikTok and any kind of like social media platform is that people eventually kind of fade, you know, and not even fade because they're not good, but because, you know, again, like Abigail, like you said, like attention span, you know, somebody else comes in, oh, this is a little newer. And then maybe you might guys might stop doing it as frequent. Like, have you kind of plan pre-planned for that already? Or are you just more like, you know, we're just going to keep doing this yeah. because we enjoy it and whoever's along for the ride. I think, yeah, consistency, just constantly releasing new songs is really what's going to do it until we get that one song that makes us like stand up there where we, our unrealistic dreams and goals are. We're just going to keep on doing what we're doing. We're not going to stop. Yeah. Like we have no plans. To. Mostly because it's for us. Like we're making music for ourselves to express ourselves as artists. So as long as we keep that mindset and that we're really doing it to be ourselves, to be artists, to be musicians, yeah. whoever follows along, great. But even if, if 50 people listen, if one person listens, yeah, it's the same to us because we're just doing what we want. Have you heard our new song on YouTube, Discontent? Oh, it's actually kind of what you're so, talking yeah, about. So <laughs> yeah, it's right with what you're talking about. And like, you know, we wrote that song like super quick, just like a no-brainer EDM type dance oh, yeah. song. We'll never stop releasing songs. So if you like Proper Pet, we're going to be releasing a song soon that you're going to like. Whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but again, that's, that's, that's part of the the charm that you guys have at least like again like for me like you know being a fan is that i 
you know, I love the fact that there is so many just like moods and different things. It's uh, it's very ADHD friendly, you know, like it hops all over the place. But it also tells me a lot about you guys and what your personalities are like. And there's also some darkness there, too. Um, you know, where does where does that come from? Oh, we're both sad. Oh, uh, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, well, the big one. We both um, have trauma. So another one on our, there's another one on our YouTube channel called Train Track Blues. And the lyrics are like the darkest lyrics we wrote. Right? I feel like, like he's talking more about burned out. Oh, like burned the out. Emotional Shit. songs. I wrote that. I wrote burned out and not yeah, maybe I guess um, before me and Abigail started writing. Yeah. So burned out was definitely a COVID song. I think I had written it like two months into COVID where I was working from home and just like I was going through a divorce at the time. So it was like kind of like duality, like dealing with the emotions of that relationship, but also the emotions of being in a prison in my own home, not feeling like mm -hmm. I can leave. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that one definitely was written from a dark place where I was at going through a divorce and COVID. And Abigail, one of the things I love about that is that you have a way of projecting those lyrics like they came straight from you yeah. you know so i always look at a great performer as some, somebody who can take a song and make it like their own so yeah. there has to be obviously i mean there was a connection though for you to those lyrics right oh, like even though you didn't really write them but like there's an obvious connection there Totally. I've definitely, ever since I was a little girl, I mean, I've always been very emotional. And I think when I was younger, I had all these very intense diagnoses just because I was a girl that was a creative and didn't really learn how to handle her emotions. So, you know, mm -hmm. I was on antidepressants in high school. I had, I struggled a lot with my own mental health. I think I've come a long way and stepped away from a lot of limitations that I used to put on myself. Like if you told me two years ago, I'd be dancing on stage or dancing on TikTok. I would not have been able to do that, but right, right. I think I've worked on myself and I've been in therapy a lot <laughs> to get to where I am now. I love therapy and to be able to tap into those emotions without getting lost in them while performing has been really important for me. So I went to school for theater. So I've always taken on other roles or other characters or things that people are trying to portray, but can't. I'm very good at channeling that and communicating that through my voice. I don't really know how I do it, but it's just something I've always been able to do since I was a little girl. And I'm very grateful for that gift. And a few years ago, I would not have seen it as a gift, but now I can say that's a pretty cool thing that I can take on other people's emotions or situations and convey them in a way where I'm also feeling it for them or with them. It's very empathetic. Yeah, I've, I'm very empathetic. I've had to learn how to put up boundaries a little bit more and to be able to sing these songs, like I said, without diving into that rabbit hole of, wow, this song reminds me of when I was in a really dark place. I don't have to go to that dark place, but I can remember and use that to bring peace to people or connect with them. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I do that, but I do it. <laughs> yeah, I think you answered that really perfectly because I think that as artists, I mean, musicians, uh, I don't know that I've ever met a musician or a writer that wasn't tortured somehow or had yeah. some sort of trauma. But at the same time, like as as musicians, we've 
learned what other people don't have the opportunity to do, and that's to channel it through yeah. music and performance yeah. and this, right. that, the other. So, you know, it, it's hard to explain sometimes to people why, like, whenever I would perform with my band, that after a show, I would be like completely exhausted. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, even this time around, <clears throat> I told Zach, we're going to, I'm trying to learn that balance because performing and singing and having that control over an audience is a lot of energy. It's like the oh, yeah. most energy you ever exert. And after shows, I am just drained. So I'm trying to find this balance of we have a show tomorrow and I've been, I haven't really been doing much the last couple of days other than work to try and preserve that energy. I'm trying to mm -hmm. find that flow that works for me. Cause yeah, it is exhausting to, to channel into that many people and try to, or not try, but you know, just do whatever you're doing. And then talking to people after the show too, after you've just exerted all this energy, which I love connecting with people, but it's like, how do I connect with people and also keep my sanity too? Cause I don't want to get burned out from that. I don't want to get burned out from performing because that's my favorite thing in the world. So definitely it's hard to find that balance, but it's worth it. I used to tell my band all the time. I was like, you know, I was like, give me, give me 10 minutes. Yeah. If you guys, if you guys don't mind, go out to the table and, and, you know, and do your thing. Like, just give me like 10 minutes just to kind of yep. collect myself tomorrow. I'm like, just breathe, meditate in silence, get my heart rate down before going out and exerting more energy. Cause it is. And then people want to take more, not take, but they feed off your energy too. And they don't not taking it on purpose, but sometimes it is like, okay, I need some of this back now. Like <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I also think that people tend to look at musicians, especially performing musicians and who are on stage as being these energetic, superly like social people. And that's hard for me too. At the last show, um, there wasn't, I ended up finding a spot before the show, but everyone was trying to talk to me before. And I was like, I am not trying to be rude. I'm so happy you're here, but I'm so focused and I'm about to exert so much energy. Like I can't hug you right now. I actually told my friend, I was like, I can't hug you right now. Like I'm a Pisces. I'm a water. I'm very sensitive, emotional. So yeah, just learning how to communicate in a way too, where people don't take it the wrong way, even though it's not my fault if they take it the wrong way, but you know, just trying to grace or go through that with grace and ease is is tricky but I'm grateful that I have Zach and we have our drummer Jake and they're really supportive too and going to talk to people well I need to take a break or if I say hey I need help like they're quick to come come to my aid so that's very nice too it's a whole learning experience yeah. especially when you're playing together in, in in something that you've only been playing you know for a while like having to learn each other's personalities yeah. and how totally. how you tick or like what makes you like not tick or something you know so has has have you guys had that experience with each other already where you've had the kind of like butt heads type thing and if you have how do you guys work through that yeah i tell everyone it's like it's even harder than a relationship like a romantic relationship because oh, absolutely we we have to again, step away from our ego, call each other out on their shit and be willing to sit there and communicate and like open communicate, work through things. Cause all three of us have things that are going to trigger us or make us tick, piss us off. And it's all because of miscommunication. Mm -hmm. So my big thing is when there is a heated argument, 
I'll try to step backwards and communicate how I'm feeling, why I'm feeling that way and like go around and then see where the miscommunication happened. Again, I, I think my years and years of therapy for this um, and all of, I, I mean, their work on themselves too. Like, it's not just me, like the, both of them are amazing too, to also call me out on my shit. Yeah. It really only happens when we're gearing up for a live set because like we do have so many goddamn songs and we the write, stress, yeah. well, we write our sets and range them where we have like a lot of improvisational spots and like most of the arguments happen in the band room gearing up for a set. Or even just getting ready to load the yeah. car or like band practice. Like shit happens or like shit. communication with what time we wanted to meet and feeling like our time was valued. You know, normal. We, we don't still... we don't fight over the songwriting process too much. Yeah, the yeah. songwriting, when it comes to the music, I feel like there isn't no. argument other than like because we have ADHD, we will be like quick back and forth and someone might see that as negativity, but that's just how our brains yeah. work. So sometimes it's like, all right, this isn't arguing. We're just excited. It's more about the production, yeah. if but, anything. But yeah, I'm really grateful for Zach and Jake and it's like more, it's deeper than any relationship I've had in a dating experience before and it's better. So I, I love the band. <laughs> It's a whole other kind of relationship, you know, yeah. and even though it is somewhat like a, you know, I used to tell people all the time, it was almost kind of like a dysfunctional, like a, a, a functionally dysfunctional family, yeah. you know, and it's like, you know, your, your relationship as musicians together in a band are of a completely different strength than like you said like say like a romantic relationship obviously it's very tight with you guys and even like you were talking about like with your drummer has there ever been like thought of expanding the size of the band or anything like that to we had someone play bass with us for, for a show and he ended up leaving because he couldn't keep up with how many songs we had for him to learn <laughs> so that's no really seriously easy. dude like if we had yeah. to do that every show we've had a different set and like all of our shit's crazy. We'll change keys. We'll transpose things and so that they work fast, better. And, and Jake like, can catch on fast. And we've yeah. had like 14 bass players come up we to don't us want being that like, shit. let us be in your band. Nope. And like, Goodbye. Like it sucks <laughs> that it sucks. But like you look at really good acts, like even Blink-182, they're a three piece. You know, the police, three piece. Like Paramore's There's so now, many good yeah. three pieces. Like I don't think we're ever going to want anybody else on stage. And also the well, the city we live in too, like Phoenix is huge. So trying to find someone close to us that can practice with us on our schedule, it's impossible. Right. Yeah. And having that, can, like the three of us already have such a unique relationship going on to add another person would be a lot. And you just don't know how it could go. That is, that's another yeah. thing too. So that's I think for how fast we're putting out music and for how tight knit our group is now, it's perfect yeah. and i don't want to change anything about it in case it offsets you know because it is kind of like this um very fluid easy very respectful mm -hmm. relationship with the band and you know adding someone could be fine but also you, i don't know it's a lot of work i'd add a dog before i added a human yeah. again because you guys don't have a whole lot of history that's known whatever i get to ask this question where did proper pet come from like what is the concept yeah. of that name i didn't like it at first and then it grew on me yeah mm -hmm. i guess i mean the concept you really wanted to use the word proper i really wanted to use the word proper i don't know any <laughs> band that had that word in it so i was like really racking my brain like what would be 
a good match with that. I don't even know what else I came up with. Oh, it's proper so many things. Who cares? Like proper sex. It doesn't fucking proper, matter. Yeah. Proper, proper lust. It doesn't matter. Proper <laughs> anything. It didn't matter. But like when I said proper pet, like it just worked. We yeah. all love animals. And we all and have like, dogs. All like dogs, all three yeah. of us have dogs. So it's uh-huh. like and that's super relatable because everyone either has a pet or a person that's their pet, you know? Yeah. So it's like, well, you But also on the internet, too. You have to, I mean, it's kind of hard to create a band name. So it had to be, you know, SEO friendly. It had to be not used. It had to be not familiar with any other band names because once you start typing in proper pet, we wanted to be able to be sourced on YouTube, Spotify, yeah. everywhere. So And that was all Zach, too, because yeah. I don't think about... I didn't know any of that stuff. I wouldn't even know to think about what will it look like on Google. So I mean, you you ask your buddy yeah. for their, their band name, and it's like very similar to everything else. You go to YouTube, you can't find their page. It's like fuck, dude. You 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 said your band name was X Y Z, but now I'm getting a hundred thousand other yeah. shits. Like we wanted something that was searchable, but also cool. When we introduce it to people, you know, hey, what's your band name? Proper pet, and so then you easy can to remember. like, hey, do you have yeah. a dog at home? Do you have a cat? Is it proper? Is 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 Henry proper? Is so and so okay? Cool. Just like that. That's our band name. Go check us out. And if you people know? don't have a pet, I say, can I be your proper pet? You know, like that works too. Like, oh, you don't have a pet? I'll be your pet. You know, like it's just great. It works on so many levels. It it totally does work on on so many levels too because it also kind of like you said, Abigail earlier, is that it kind of creates like a sort like a sense of uh, community with your listeners, yeah. where you know, I mean, like you know, you get. You know, you had deadheads, you had yep. fish heads, and now yep. you have yep. pets. Yeah. You know, and I love that because it it does create a sense of community, belonging. but also kind of a sense of like belonging or like mm-hmm. an identity of sorts. Yeah, that's how I feel about proper pet. I feel like it gave me my like an yeah. identity and a place to belong. Like it's definitely more psychological yeah. than practical. Like it's it's whatever. Like no one uses that in a sentence. No one's like, oh, this is my proper pet, unless you're yeah. in England or like Australia. I knew I didn't I knew I liked or I didn't like proper pet at first. And then I was telling my parents about it who are very strict uh evangelical christians and they were like i hate proper pet and i was like cool i like it now (laughs) as soon as my parents didn't like it i was like you know what it's growing on me look no matter how old you are parent defiance against your parental units is always gonna be fuel it's so funny as soon as my mom was like i don't like that i was like you know what i like it 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 works i don't want my mom to like my band Right. Oh my god, it's the worst. Oh, I get it. Why are you swearing? Like, oh, I'll oh. swear more. <laughs> oh, I love when his grandma oh comments god. on his posts on Facebook, being like, "Love this song, but you swear too much." <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. It's the best. What's next for Proper Pet? Obviously, you guys got some yeah, some shows coming up. And now with the kind of like popularity or the kind of you know, stuff that you guys are starting to grow, uh, like are we going to see like a merch store? Like what's what's in store for? We have merch or we've done small amounts of merch for local shows. And I've mailed a few of them. The only thing is I have a day job, you know, I would love to have a merch store. I would love to have time and funding to put all of my energy into proper pet. Um, 
Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's we've been going to happen. we've been focusing on the music this year. Next right. year, we'll focus on promoting music. Yeah. Like you know, tour is definitely gonna happen. It's who knows when, but we will go on tour. We will release an indie folk rock album in December. We will be releasing a lot of songs in the next couple months. We have like probably six to ten on deck, like another yeah. full album worth of songs ready to release. I will quit my day job. Yeah, we'll get a URL. We'll get all that. Um, but ultimately, we've just been putting a lot of energy into the songs, right? Like, yeah. we've been turning down shows. We have, which is just, I, If you told me we were turning down shows, I would never believe it. But Right. And it's it's really just so we can focus on getting good songs out. Um, Obviously, publishing getting into the Netflix movies. That's yeah, like those unrealistic insane. goals, right? But like right now, our goal is to put out good music and get people to like it. Yeah, keep getting attention, yeah. like people catching people's eyes because we're getting attention from people that are in the industry or have connections. And it's like, great, well, we're going to keep doing our thing. We're Yeah, we'll promote it next year. This yeah. year, we're just trying to get as much out as possible. So then when we do start promoting it, people have a lot of things to dive into. I, I've moved all your songs into one playlist. Oh, yeah. So cool. Listen to all of them, you know? I love that. And I mean, like, I'm looking at, like, 12 right now, and there's, uh, but there, I'm sure there's 13 or 14 now. Yeah, we have, we have probably, we have a bunch on YouTube Spotify. that aren't released on Spotify, yeah. too. Right. So, like, if you go on YouTube, like that's another thing. Like everyone has their different platforms. Mine's YouTube. So I, I'll put a lot of energy in there. Um, there's a lot of acoustic songs on there that we've done that you probably have never even heard. You're an acoustic folk guy. Go to our yeah. YouTube. Oh, yeah, bro. our like, Tangelo sessions. Dude, we, go, really we do live good. sessions in the backyard. Like wait till you dive into our YouTube. If you just like our Spotify songs, you're going to love our YouTube shit, dude. Now, see, I love that because that's the kind of thing that you know music lovers like me, when I become a fan of a band, the first thing I want, again, that kind of goes... Now, along with the ADHD and the social anxiety right. and the, you know, I also have, you know, kind of like an obsessive disorder. Yeah. And not like creepy obsessive, but like in no, the obsessive, like, yeah. you know, when I hear a band that I like, like the first thing I do is like, okay, like I'll listen to them day in okay. and day out. Yeah. Like, I think that's associated with ADHD. Hyperfixation. Like, yeah. I want to know everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so like hearing about this is exciting because like, that's just another way for the people who are digging your band to kind of oh. hear different facets of. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you reached out to us to do this. Cause you're right. I think a lot of people have questions and it's hard to answer them all when they're in private messages too. It's yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. I hate to ignore people, but I also have to put like my mental sanity first. <laughs> Well, good. Well, I appreciate you guys doing this. And like, y'all are super sweet. And I love you guys. I see your proper pet. Here's Ozzy Posborn. Ozzy Posborn. Oh, so cute. Tell him, hey. Yeah, no. Aw, that's awesome. He's, he's coming to tell me it's time for his his uh, his dinner lunch. Hey. <laughs> he is he's awesome. I, I always say he's my studio executive. You know, he, uh, you know, if I've been... If I've been playing for too long, he comes over and nudges me and gets me. This is Coda. This is my dog. We have the same hair color. Coda! Oh, my God. Oh, it's beautiful. I know. Coda. And then there's Nigel. This is Nigel Thornberry. That is, wow. They are amazing dogs. I love yeah, that. There's some good dogs here. Good dog energy. Very good dogs. <laughs> Well, proper pet, you guys are awesome. I love you already. Jesus. Oh, y'all love the Jesus on MySpace. I love it. You know, I'm not even Christian, but. Oh. Same, 
same. But I know. I still, I still love Jesus on MySpace. I love it. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this, guys. Oh, yeah. Like, no, this was super fun. This is our first, like, official interview. So yeah, that's cool. You get to see you the first. Well, I hope you guys will remember me when you're headlining Coachella. Oh, Duh. You'll be, you'll be there. You'll be there. I, I, I want stage passes so I can. Be a, oh, guess what I, I realized? VIP stands for Very Important Pet. Now we have the name of your fan club. Well, you guys are awesome, thanks, musically man. and personally, and hey, I hope, too. like I said, thank you all for doing it. Hell yeah. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Dying to get out and give you what you waited for.